Warren Buffett, BlackRock, and other institutional players dominate investments in commercial aviation. Why? Because it's one of the most profitable and predictable alternative assets that exists. And it's not tied to other markets such as real estate and the stock market. Is it safe? Well, imagine triple net leases to the likes of American Airlines and British Airways. Income is contractual and guaranteed by some of the biggest named airlines in the world. That's why this kind of investment was never available to the ordinary accredited investor. That is until now. Visit accesswealthaviation.com and check it out for yourself. Invest in an institutional team with over 200 plus years of combined investment experience in the aviation sector. Conservative investing with double digit returns and tax advantages. That's accesswealthaviation.com. Accesswealthaviation.com. You are listening to the Wealth Formula Podcast with Buck Joffrey. Get ready to change your life. Welcome, everybody. This is Buck Joffrey with the Wealth Formula Podcast coming to you from Montecito, California. Today, I want to start out by reminding you that there's a there's a website associated with this podcast called wealthformula.com. That's where you want to go if you want to pick up all the resources that you're not going to get just by listening to this podcast including various downloads of books and webinars and all sorts of other resources. It's also where you can go to sign up for our various uh, groups, including our investor club, which is for accredited investors who are interested in participating in private placement investments. Uh, If you're interested in doing that, go to wealthformula.com and sign up for investor club. Now today, uh, you know, I want to talk a little bit about the real estate market Should you be investing in real estate right now? That's a question that I think a lot of people are asking. After all, we have double-digit inflation and rising interest rates. So to address that, let's ask this more basic question. Should you be investing in anything right now, right? Well, what's the alternative? The alternative is to sit on cash. And if you sit on cash, inflation erodes the value of that money And right now, it erodes it uh, at a very high clip because inflation is, you know, 8, 9, 10, 11%. So let me ask you this. Would you invest in something today that would guarantee you a loss, guarantee you a loss of 8 to 12% of your money year over year? Well, I'm guessing the answer is no. So the question is, if you're not investing, why do you feel good about that? Because that's a guaranteed loss of buying power. That's exactly what you are doing if you're sitting on cash. Inflation punishes people who do not invest their money. So I would argue that the answer to whether or not you should invest, period, is yes. Of course, that's not financial advice. This is my opinion. But think about it. If you don't invest, you're losing, you know, 8 to 11% per year. But Okay, it's, you know, to me, it's pretty obvious. Maybe not to you, but hopefully if you think about it, it will be. But what about real estate? Okay, so now I'm not, you know, I'm saying, okay, I think it's a good idea to invest. You know, I keep, again, hearing people concerned about, well, interest rates and, you know, and and what's going to happen there. Uh, But, you know, here is where a little bit of macroeconomic perspective is useful. Interest rates are not going up in a vacuum, right? It's not like the Wizard of Oz sitting there controlling something without any idea 
of what's going on in the rest of the world. I mean, interest rates are going up in order to curtail inflation. But right now, inflation is far outpacing the rise of interest rates, which, you know what? What's interesting to me is that interest rates, even though there's like people talking about it all the time, they're actually below 2018 levels. But anyway, so for real estate investors, this is all actually very good news. Um, you know, inflation going up much more rapidly than interest rates. So anyway, why? What, what is inflation in any Rising prices, right? That's what inflation is. And guess what? Rents are part of that equation. In other words, rates go up as long as, well, amongst other things, rents continue to go up because rents are going up so fast organically, you know, without our value add programs even, that that is affecting inflation. And so, so the rates themselves are a response to what we're doing, right? They're not leading, they're, they're lagging. And that's what's really important to remember. And that is why real estate is considered a hedge against inflation. And as you know, our investor club focuses on multifamily real estate, right? I mean, that's really our bread and butter. We do some other stuff, but that's really... That's really what I'm all about. That's what, you know, our group is all about. And I would argue that in times of higher inflation, like right now, we are exactly in the right place to deploy capital, right? We're right where we need to be. And of course, I mean that in terms of the right demographic place, like, or, you know, a geographic place, I should say. We are in high growth markets. We are in markets where there is a, a very, uh, there's an imbalance between the amount of housing needed and the housing available. And new construction projects are lagging way behind. Okay, I mean, think about, you know, the supply disruption, supply chain disruption on top of COVID. That's where new construction is right now. So beyond the fact that we are in like, you know, the nicest places to be for geographic reasons in terms of growth and jobs, we're also in the most desirable real estate class in terms of positioning for inflation. Why? Because our leases only last a year, right? Imagine owning commercial properties. I know some, I know, I know you might, okay, and that's fine too. And, and you know, it'll, hopefully this will all, when, when inflation um, slows down, uh, this will not be an issue. But, you know, I have some commercial property. Uh, mostly it's things that I have from, way before that maybe a house is a business of mine. But in these types of properties, we've got 10-year leases that were signed like three, four years ago. And they're escalating. They have rent escalations of like 2 to 3% per year. Meanwhile, inflation's raging at like 11%. That's not where we are in multifamily, right? We have routinely raised rents greater than 20 to 30% per year because of not only inflation, but because we don't just buy and hope. We do these significant value add programs. So right now, you know, lending issues, uh, particularly Fannie Freddie and, you know, all that stuff, they're, they're, you know, have created some slowing down of transactions uh, for large multifamily assets. And the reality on the ground, though, is that there is more demand than ever for housing and we are raising rents year over year, way over inflation numbers. And remember, we have debt on every one of these properties. What does that mean? 
Let's go back to, you know, uh, the uh, advantage of debt 101. Inflation erodes debt. Inflation rewards debtors. And with people with mortgages, we are being rewarded significantly right now. Now, to be clear, there may not be as many opportunities to buy this year, you know, because sellers, frankly, who don't need to sell may not do so, right? I mean, why, why, I mean, why would they if the buyer, if it's a buyer's market, which it kind of is right now, right? It's a buyer's market uh, where a lot of the competition, the big players are kind of on the sideline for reasons that we will uh, discuss in this podcast today. But the opportunities that are going to come up have the potential to be very opportunistic. Times like these are when people make the most money. And no one knows this better than my partner and uh, Western Wealth Capital CEO, Janet LePage. Janet is my guest on Wealth Formula podcast this week. And she's going to explain to you what you're hearing about uh, things and whatever fear-mongering out there there is, is just swirl. And to remind you of the fundamentals, because, boy, I got to tell you, sometimes these things, like, you know, this is not even close to COVID, but when COVID happened, there was all sorts of fear. We made more money on those properties, we're going to, than, than anything, you know, than we have been any properties in years because of, you know, sticking to fundamentals, understanding the reality on the ground, and sticking to facts. And that's what Janet's going to provide for us right after these messages. What do the Rothschilds, the Romneys, and the billionaire hedge fund managers know that you don't about growing and protecting wealth? As you might imagine, the wealthy have a few tricks up their sleeves. One strategy allows you to grow wealth tax-free at a compounding rate with no volatility. It protects your money from creditors and lawsuits, and it lets you invest the same money in two different places at the same time. How about that for amplifying wealth? To learn more, go to wealthformulabanking.com. Again, that's wealthformulabanking.com. Self-storage is a necessary evil. It's where you keep your stuff and forget about it. No wonder this stuff is so profitable and recession resistant. The Wealth Formula community, well, we've benefited from that. We've made lots of money in this space with Reliant Real Estate, one of the largest self-storage companies in the country. With an average investor internal rate of return of almost 34%, with hold times just over three and a half years, these guys know what the meaning of velocity of money is. If you're an accredited investor, make sure to check out what they're up to right now at ReliantFund4.com. Again, that's ReliantFund4.com. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Today, my guest on Wealth Formula podcast is uh, Janet LePage. Now, Many of you know who Janet is already. She is the founder and CEO of Western Wealth Capital. She's one of my partners on this uh, great endeavor in the multifamily space. Uh, Janet is um, uh, Janet has got a, a tremendous background that all started out as a computer scientist, uh, and now she is a certified real estate mogul. Janet, welcome back to Wealth Formula Podcast. Thank you for having me, Buck. I so, you know, I I want to back up a little bit because you know you have spoken at our events. You've you know people know you as as this mastermind behind Western Wealth Capital. Uh, 
people don't know your background, a lot of them though, which I find really fascinating. And I think very relevant to the way Western Wealth Capital operates. You are a computer scientist, correct? I am. And yes. now you ultimately you found and, and are now the CEO of one of the largest uh, privately held real estate firms in the country or you know in, in the world for that matter. So tell us how that happened. All right, I'm going to make this really short. I um, flipped houses, and then the next thing you do, you flip multi-billion-dollar buildings. Actually, it goes back, uh, and I don't share this very often, but my first role out of university as a computer scientist was to come into a company. Um, it was a telecom company, the second largest in Canada, and basically they said you need to save a million dollars a year. Well, as a new graduate out how do you do that? They had mainframe systems and different systems. It was using computer programming to find out ways to reduce costs. And I truly believe that was a foundational moment in my learning was what can I do to save expenses or yeah. increase revenue? And what is that value? And if I look back to everything we do at Western Wealth Capital, when we buy um, a unit and improve the property. Look at $25. Well, when you multiply it by X number of units, that small $25 in increased revenue really is an astronomical value creation. And that came when I was 23. Yeah. 27, I, um, I thought I would be the largest mobile home park owner in the US. That's what I told my father. Uh, I don't own a mobile home park, but um, I bought my first home after traveling many parts of the US areas I never knew of only to realize I couldn't quite afford a mobile home park. And I found myself in Phoenix, where we are the second largest owner now of multifamily. And I bought my first two homes, and then went on to flip 58 homes in the next 24 months. Uh, bought my first multifamily in 2011, all while still having a corporate uh, career and, um, and having two small children at the same time. It was when my second was one or one and my uh, oldest was two. And I knew that my passion was in real estate. And that was the birth of Western Wealth Capital eight years ago. We just are about to turn on our five billion in transactions, uh, 130 properties purchased. And that's where we found ourselves today. So Western Wealth Capital, has really got, you know, it's the best track record for investors that I've ever seen uh, with over 30 divestments, an average annualized return of over 30%, essentially doubling, nearly doubling investor money every three years on average. What's different about Western Wealth Capital? How do, how do they, how does Western Wealth Capital do this? Whereas, uh, you know, other competent operators or very, you know, good operators are not getting anywhere near these numbers. And I should point out these numbers are not including um, things that are coming up, I know of, because those things uh, have the additional benefit of tremendous inflation. These outcomes were really not in these crazy markets. So how how is it done? Take it back to the computer science, black and white. We went, we have simply a formula. You go in, you have an asset that's underperforming or can can be improved for every dollar you invest you make 200 it's black and white ones and zeros so when we did our first 
purchase of a property, we can go in, we can renovate the unit, we can put in washers and dryers. That cost is about $10,000 and makes us um, about 45,000. Well, when you multiply that across a property, that is what we did. We started in Phoenix. We basically, you know, perfected our model. We can walk on, I honestly can walk onto a property and in about three minutes say whether or not we can perform it. Obviously we have to do our financial analysis after that, but that's how consistent what we do every single time. It is a, a, a very simple formula that says if we do A, B, and C, we can actually double our investors' um, investment in five years. We then went on to expand that uh, city after city that had the same economic underlying. More jobs than there are housing and people need a house, to, uh, a place to sleep in. So you have over, over demand for housing and you can improve those um, units to what people wanna pay for them and you have your perfect formula. It is literally a systemized approach. I remember about four or five years ago, I said to my team, I don't care where you go in the world, McDonald's fries are McDonald's fries. We have a formula and we replicate it. And what, what that actually means, there's a lot of ways to make money in real estate, but we reduce the risk by doing the same thing over and over again. Repeatability allows scalability. Repeatability also reduces risk. And so that became our competitive advantage. And we chose to stick with that in the cities that we're in is actually they go, gosh, doesn't this look like the last place? And I go, exactly, because the formula works. It's like when my mom bakes her cookies, they taste better than any other chocolate chip cookie because she doesn't mess with the formula. It's perfect. Right. The other thing that I think um, what I, what I noticed, and you can comment on this is that somewhere down the line, the idea of doing this, the formula and doing it, twice as fast as most people are doing it became a real focus. And it seems to me that when you're looking at, you know, what annualized returns or, you know, a return over a period of time, that is something that tends to be not focused on as much by most operators. So couldn't agree with you more. When you are walking on to an apartment uh, community and the paint job is old, but you have new signage. There's no playground, but the interior of the office looks good. Every single piece that you improve makes it a little bit better, but it's not until you have the entire package together that it's like, wow, this is different. It's like being handed a gift and you go, oh, the gift's nice. Oh, wow. Now it's in a nice wrapped package. Oh, now there's a bow. It's not till you get to the bow. Like the present on the inside is actually exactly the same, but the experience is completely different. And once you have that bow experience, being able to increase the rents to compete with that next level of asset is very easy to explain to the new resident. This is the new um, rental price. Well, you can do that in nine months, 12 months, two years or you can do it starting day one. And the only way that you are going to actually achieve those projected rents is to get to the bow faster. And so when we started really seeing that, we had a 10 point checklist that had to be done on the day we purchase the net, our asset. It is now an 84 point checklist. I think it went from 
10. I know there was a number of 52 for a while, and I think it was 26, if I remember, because of those numbers. And we thought we were doing great. Other operators will come in and go, okay, should we change the name of this? Yeah, which paint color? We only have four paint colors. You can only pick from four platters because we know this color of wrapping papers with this bow and this card make it look perfect. And so that has allowed for us, we have we have two sayings inside the organization, need for speed and McDonald's effect. Repeat and need for speed. It is not until that bow is on and now you are up and increasing those rents. And that is what de-risks are in our investors investment because we are covering it by that increased uh, value almost immediately. So the, you know, this, this model has worked and it's done very well. And now um, we are in a slightly different environment. Um, We've got rising interest rates. Uh, they've created some uneasiness amongst investors. We know the multifamily markets have have slowed a little bit uh, in terms of trading. So what's going on uh, with the markets right now? And how does Western Wealth Capital plan to navigate it? So in times when there is movement and some uncertainty, I always say, let's go back to what we know. So what do we know? We know that there is 5 million um, home shortage in the U.S., that's not changing. We know that there's a shortage in supply and construction is a behind on any plan that they have. We know that actually in an inflationary environment and in an interest rate increase environment, construction can slow as well because it's a pause as they refigure that out. That is only going to add to pressure in housing. We know that sitting on cash in an inflationary environment also erodes the value of the cash. We know that hard assets are the place to have um, money during inflation. Those are things we know. We also know that if you're in a market that has in migration um, and an average occupancy of at least 94%, you have nothing but at least four plus percent in growth. We know that across the 10 um, real estate um, or real estate categories to invest in, multifamily is number one. Because of the short-term leases and the ability to increase rents to capture the erosion of, of, um, of inflation or follow it at the very minimum. And that doesn't talk about the 4% minimum I'm, I, I'm uh, explaining there. That's what we know. What's happening right now in the market and what I've instructed even our own organization to is to watch. It, there is, um, there's a mix between the increase um, in interest rates and really the availability of debt that is out there at the moment. The larger, you know, the larger um, lenders are also figuring out they have mandates to deploy um, cash. If they sit on it, it's eroding due to inflation but they're figuring out what spread and which rate would they be deploying it at. So everyone is in a little bit of a, who's gonna go first here? What that means is, and what I've instructed Western Wealth Capital to do is to be diligent. You know, when COVID hit, and this is not COVID at all, you, 
you stop and you watch and you ensure just like we have every single time that we know that this is absolutely the right investment because there is more folks watching doing the same thing that we are it means that there are opportunistic opportunities out there this is actually an excellent time to be able to be really selective when everybody's out there trying to buy in place uh, equity it, you know it's it's a race for it this is actually times where we have had historically some of our best you know investments when there's not others out fighting to compete with us Right. So you've got basically some of these some of these big groups that you normally you might have 40 or 50 competitors on a given opportunity. And all of a sudden, 30 of them are gone because they're waiting for the uh, you know, they're they're waiting for the spreads and so for to, to come down or, or trying to figure out where things land. And, and spreads are all an indication of the availability of supply of debt in the market. Fannie and Freddie still have to deploy before the end of the year. They don't have a choice. So they will. And what that means is as they have to deploy, their spreads will come down. And so really, the larger players are also waiting because they know that that deployment will have to happen. And so they're waiting on that spread to take advantage of. We all are. So this will level out very quickly. It will have to. And that also includes... Um, if you talk about pension funds or institutions or any part, they too need to deploy money. Otherwise, they're sitting on cash, which is a negative growth. And so it's just been a lot of, you know, one of the ways to curb inflation isn't just interest rates, it's negative media. One of the easiest ways is just make people feel uncertain so they sit on their wallet, actually without having to change anything. And if anyone's asking these questions, they are actually doing exactly what they need to do to slow down a little bit of that inflationary growth without changing interest rates at all. What helps us and makes us different in this moment is that we have a system and we have do the exact same thing. We're not in four different asset types where we have to figure out what to do here. We're in cities. We're in, we are in the top 10 immigration cities on average in the cities that we invest in, for every renter that moves out, 3.1 come in. Well, there's already not enough housing and there's already jobs that still can't be filled. It's The demand is unbelievable. Put everything else aside. They believe, the consumer index is believing over 11% rent growth across the nation. Well, that's across the nation. Last year, it was 6.6% belief. And that is at a time where you could still buy a home. So we are in actually what you're going to see is some still continue to be some of the highest rent growth that will erode any interest rate growth um, increases and, and really make them a moot point, at least in, in the cities that we are in. What it will do in the short term is as we balance out, there'll be some you know, shorter term cash flow distribution, but not wealth impacts that I can foresee um, at all because of our ability to turn those those leases much quicker than any other asset class. If there are less buyers, then obviously there are less sellers. And how is that affecting 
any plans for dispositions? Does that mean that, you know, there are properties that we might've thought, Hey, you know, it's a good time to sell that we're holding off on as well. Uh, we had, uh, you know, we, we plan out throughout the year, wh- what are we going to refinance? What are we going to sell and when? Um, we are slowing that for the same reason because of where the spreads are at and the lack of supply of debt for this very short term, which is going to come at, at the end of the year. We are not in a need to go and sell something that impacts the wealth in any means of our investment partners. You know, we are very prudent. <laughs> I mean, I go, I laugh going back to my computer science background, and I will honestly tell you our CIO and our um, you know, analysts are far more sophisticated than I am when going through this, but we don't need to be um, selling short or doing something to impact the wealth. That's not what our investors invest in us. They invest in us because they trusted us to make those decisions. Knowing that supply is coming later in the year, as that happens, we will do it right now. Um, we have incredible debt on most of our assets because of the lower interest rate that we were at in the time to go and change that to return funds that really only um, allow you to have funds back but impact the overall wealth, that doesn't make um, the right sense for the overall investment. And so we're being very diligent to ensure that we're looking at the holistic investment. So the the sellers who are out there right now, Janet, um, in some cases, if they're selling right now, there's a reason they need to sell right now too. So is that part of what, what makes it a buying opportunity? Absolutely. Selling out of necessity um, is never a place that you want to be in. Selling um, by choice is. So there are sellers out there that are selling out of necessity. And so that is an opportunity. And we're absolutely looking at those um that are available. So basically what we've got a situation where a lot of people are, you know, there's not a lot of inventory. There's a lot of tire kicking and and that kind of thing. Where do you think that this, um, how does that affect? I mean, obviously Western wealth capital has been prolific in terms of, you know, an acquisition of, you know, it's probably been an average of about one major asset a month uh, for the last several months. Is this changed that projection in terms of the, sheer volume of, of opportunities that um, your investors can expect? It could. It could. I have zero interest in buying something just to keep pace. You know, right. When COVID hit, we didn't do that. What's interesting is the first two assets that we did buy, we, we were ahead of a lot of the group because get, a, get out of the media, get out of this swirl that's going on, go back to what do you know? There's a shortage in housing. Put your money in hard assets. It's the number one real estate, um, you know, category to be in. Like, you have to talk yourself off the media ledge. We came out the first two assets that we did purchase. The growth, I think, the uh, it was a hundred percent within a year, hundred percent over that. I, I'm actually downplaying the numbers um, because I had so much fear and swirl, and then I, you know, you take it away and you just go, "What is your facts and data here?" And that is happening and, and, and will continue in these moments. And all of a sudden, others perk up. I encourage everyone, what do you know? Not the swirl. The swirl yeah. is actually what they want to bring it down. 
Yeah. You know, what's interesting to me when you just looking back to COVID and obviously it's not, it's not anything, COVID, it's, not it's by nothing any like that, but looking no. back to that, if, if we had in many cases, if we had potentially avoided the, what you're calling the swirl, I mean, the, the assets fought right around COVID exploded. exploded. I know. And so it's like, it goes back to the whole Warren Buffett, uh, you know, saying about, you know, investors should be greedy when others are scared and, you know, scared when others are greedy. And in some ways, I feel like that's kind of a little bit of the position we're in right now. It's not that simple, but it's the time to be looking for opportunities because so many people are tuned out. And in the meantime, as you mentioned, you know, I was talking to another colleague of mine, real estate investor in DFW, who's got a portfolio, and nothing has changed on the ground in terms of driving up rents. Nothing has changed in terms of, you know, the number of, of, of people coming into the leasing office looking for a better place to live and willing to pay more. Nothing has changed. And that is, I think it goes back to your whole, your point about look at the fundamentals. And if you can avoid the swirl, there may be a, a great opportunity there. And the other opportunity is, you know, protect, I always say protect the house, right? So right. even though I feel like we have some of the best operations um, and then, you know, in the nation, one of our partners is an institution and they have, ten, you know, 10 others across the nation, very, very large. And, you know, they say, hands down, the best operators we, we have. And so right. I'm very confident, but there's always room for improvement. Sure. And so part of, part of that slow down, be diligent means take the capacity of normally, you know, the deal a month you're talking about and deep dive because we, we all operate well. There's always room to find something else. And that's what got us from the 10 point checklist to the 26 to the 52 to the 84. It is an opportunity to tighten down everything. There is absolutely, um, there is a great opportunity coming in. And one of the things is important that we're transparent. We over communicate because we don't need to buy the next asset we need to make sure we stay with our system. So when we do share it with our investment partners, it's good. It's good. Yeah. So Janet, you are, uh, you just turned 40, something, maybe not even. You're sort 41, of- the, 41 yeah. last week. Okay, last week. Happy birthday. And I, I did Thank actually you. happy birthday. Uh, so you're, you know, you did most of this in your 30s. So you're like sort of the Doogie Hauser of multifamily- <laughs> You know what? I'll take it. When I was when I was yeah. young, I had a crush on him, so that that worked. <laughs> so, so you know, I've had some people ask um, who are curious about this too. Like, we're active investors. Like, how long does this go? What What's the future of Western Wealth Capital? You know, it's funny. We're talking about raising interest rates. We're talking about a rate level that was 2018, early 2019. That was a great economy. We're not talking about some major recession. We're talking about some leveling out. Sure. I mean, the I'm stress. not talking about a catastrophic. We're <laughs> not talking like... about a catastrophic event. No, no, no. What we're talking about right now is there's an imbalance in availability of attractive right. debt 
to where the rate has gone. That's all actually we're talking about. Oh, no, no, no. And I get that. I'm mostly talking about like, where do we go here, Janet, from 40 to 50? What's what's the plan? (laughs) Um, I'll get to 50 before you. So so what's the plan? (laughs) Um, If you want the honest truth. Yeah. um, Certainly not the dishonest truth. No. So, you know, one of the things I saw a long time ago was Western Mall Capital. There is an ant. You know, the, the, the industry of real estate is old and, and it's about making money, but there's an and in there. And that's something that I saw, you know, five or six years ago as we were going on. It's an industry that's known not to treat um, their, their, their team members and their employees uh, with respect and a place to be pride to call, you know, call and come to work every day. It's a place where residents don't have lights in the parking lot, so they don't feel safe coming out of their car. It's a place where there isn't a shade sale over the playground and no place for a mother to sit so that she can watch her child play. It is a place where there's not pride of living. Western Wealth Capital wouldn't have a drive to grow in size if it wasn't about changing how this industry operates. It's an and you can have both. Our track record, I promise you, is because of the fact that we recognize our maintenance supervisors who've worked on properties for 25 years and have never had an owner say, wow, I really appreciate here. Here's a gift card and uh, take your family up for dinner. What you did today, the fact that that pipe burst and you stayed 24 hours that mattered. That mattered to our asset. That mattered to the people that were living and impacting because they have no other place to go. It mattered. So where are we going to be in 10 years? A lot larger. Yeah. And we're going to lead the industry and use that platform to show that you can have an end and you can help and support the people that choose to work and live on your properties and create wealth for our residents. And so if you ask whether or not I'm passionate about it, I think it's probably pretty obvious. Cheering up here. So, so, Um, but it's an end. So that's where we will be. Fantastic. Janet, thank you so much for being on Wealth Formula podcast. Again, it's always a pleasure uh, to not only have you on the show, but to, to work with you and, and keep up all the good work. Thank you. You as well, Buck. We appreciate your partnership. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Hope you enjoyed it. The moral of the story is, do you want to guarantee losses, double-digit losses by sitting on cash, or do you want to deploy capital in incredibly well-hedged investment market, which is multifamily real estate? Now, to be clear, it is incredibly important to be in good hands here because, again, you're raising rents. You can't just sit on these things. You have to work. So you got to have a good operator. You got to have a good sponsor who's going to not just sit there and hope and just say, we bought this and then we'll sell it in a few years and we'll make some money. That's, That's not how this works. Right now is a time when you need a really good operator. You have to be totally on your, you know, you have to be on your, you have to be on your toes. You have to like react. You have to move you know, apartments and rents accordingly. You have to pay attention to what's happening in the area and not lag behind. 
And, um, you know, Janet, obviously, I, uh, with Western Wealth Capital, I'm biased, but certainly uh, Janet does a great job, and I think all of our partners do. So anyway, hopefully that helps you get some perspective on the market um, and what's going on. That's it for me this week on Wealth Formula Podcast. This is Buck Joffrey signing off. Thank you for listening to the Wealth Formula Podcast. Visit us on the web at wealthformula.com. The information contained in this podcast are opinions, not fact. As always, consult your own financial team before making any investment. See you next time. Buck Joffrey here from Sapio with Buck Joffrey. Aging might become reversible over the next 10 to 20 years. It's already being done in lab animals, so it's just a matter of time. Our challenge? To be healthy enough for when that time comes. As a former scientist and surgeon myself, my goal is to figure out how to do that and to share it with you. I wrote a book called Living Longer for Busy People that you can download for free at sapiopodcast.com. You'll be amazed at just how a few daily adjustments can add years of a healthy life for you. Again, download it for free, sapiopodcast.com.